Hare Krishna everyone, we are continuing to read the teachings of Lord Kapila, the book by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, Chapter 9, Purifying the Mind for Self-Realization. Millions of universes emanate from the breathing of the Maha Vishnu. In the 10th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna gives Arjuna some indication of his infinite glory, and he concludes his descriptions with the following statement, Bhagavad Gita 10.42 Atava bahunaitena kimgyatena tavarjuna vishtabhyaham idam kritsnam ekamshena sthito jagat Quote but what need is there, Arjuna, for all this detailed knowledge? With a single fragment of myself, I pervade and support this entire universe. Unquote. This universe, Jagat, is situated on the strength of one part of Krishna's yogic powers. In this way, we must understand the greatness of God and our own identity as minute particles. It is stated in the Puranas that the individual soul is one ten thousandth part of the tip of a hair. If we could somehow divide the tip of a hair into ten thousand parts, we might begin to understand how the soul is invisible. Self-realization means knowing our identity as small particles. The small particle of spirit soul is within every one of us, but it is not possible to see with material eyes. There is no instrument existing in the material universe by which one can actually see the soul. Because of our inability to perceive the soul, we say it is nirakara, formless. We could not, we cannot, cannot even calculate its dimension, akar. Although we cannot calcula calculate it, it is there nonetheless. The living entity has full form. There are small microbes and insects we can barely see, but they have an anatomy consisting of many working parts. Within a small insect, there is also the spirit soul, and that spirit soul also exists within the elephant and other big animals. When we actually realize our identity as Brahman, our life becomes successful. Presently, we are identifying with the body, but as long as we do so, we are no better than cats and dogs, although we may have a considerable amount of scientific knowledge. Conditioned souls consider the body to be the self, and because of this, 
the jivas identify themselves as American, Indian, Brahmana, Kshatriya, man, woman, elephant, and so forth. Thinking in these bodily terms, people consider their wives and children to be theirs, theirs, and the land of their birth to be worshipable. Thinking thus, people are willing to fight and die for their country. Presently everyone is laboring under this delusion, but in order to understand our spiritual identity, we must find the proper Guru. Realizing our identity means realizing that we are Krishna's eternal parts and parcels that are very minute, infinitesimal, and that we have a perpetual and eternal relationship with Krishna. Just as a part has its relationship to the whole, at no time can we be as great as Krishna, although we are the same qualitatively. No one is equal to God and no one is greater than Him. If someone claims to be God, he has to prove that no one is equal to Him and that no one is greater than Him. If we can do this, if he can do this, he is God. This is a very simple definition. Brahma Samhita 5.1 also verifies this statement. Ishvara Paramah Krishna The word Ishvara means controller and the word Param means supreme. We small living entities are controllers to a degree. We can control at times our family members, wives, children and so forth. Or we can control our office, factory, country or whatever. There are small controllers and larger controllers. If we go to Brahma, we see that he is controlling the entire universe. But he is not the supreme controller. It is stated in the Shastras that Brahma, the greatest living being within this universe, is also meditating in order to learn how to control. Tene Brahma Hridaya Adikavaye Srimad Bhagavatam 1.1.1 First of all, Brahma learned to control the universe. Then he became qualified as Brahma. Although he was born Brahma, he still had to be educated. If he was the first living being in the universe, who educated him? Krishna. Shri Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita 
Ahamadirhi Devanam. Quote, I am the source of all the demigods. Unquote. The original demigods are Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. Lord Krishna is Vishnu, but he is the instructor of Brahma and Shiva. Therefore, it is said that Lord Krishna is the source of all the demigods. We should not foolishly claim that we are as great as the Supreme God. We should understand that we are like sparks of the original fire. The spark is also fire, but if it falls from the original fire, it will go out. One should not think that because he is qualitatively one with God, he is God. One may be an Ishvara, a controller, but one cannot be Ishvara Parama, the supreme controller. It is very fashionable nowadays to claim to have become Narayana, God. The Mayavadis address one another as Narayana, and thus everyone supposedly becomes Narayan. In this way we are overcrowded with Narayanas here and there. But how can anyone become Narayan? How can everyone become Narayan? Narayana is one, and the Shastras warn, they warn. Yastu Narayanam Devam Brahmarudraji Devatai Samatve Naiva Vikshita Sapashandi Bhavedhuruvam Quote, whoever thinks Lord Vishnu and demigods are on the same level is to be immediately considered a rogue as far as spiritual understanding is concerned. Unquote. If one compares Narayana to the demigods, he simply reveals his lack of intelligence. Mm -hmm. It is also fashionable to speak of Daridra Narayana, poor Narayana, claiming that the poor man in the street is Narayana. But what is this nonsense? Narayana is the exalted supreme personality of Godhead. Godhead. Even Shankaracharya says, Narayana Paruvyaktad. Narayana is beyond this universe. Avyaktad Andasambhava. The entire universe is a product of this Avyakta. We should not compare Narayana to anyone. What to speak of the poor man in the street, Daridra. This is all foolishness. Narayan is Lakshmi Pati, the husband and controller of the goddess of fortune. How then can he be Daridra? This is all due to misunderstanding. Therefore, the Shastras warn that if one thinks the demigods are equal to Narayana, 
One is a Pashandi, an atheist. We should not think that because we have become liberated, we have attained the position of Narayana. By severe austerity and penance, one may elevate himself to the position of Brahman. But this is not the position of Parabrahman. Aruhyakritchrina param padam tataha. Srimad Bhagavatam 10.2.32. Although one rises to the platform of Brahman, one again falls down to the material platform if he neglects to worship the supreme lotus feet of Krishna. One may rise to the Brahma effulgence, but because there is no shelter there, one will return to the material atmosphere. One may go to Brahmaloka, the highest planet in the material sky, but one's position there is temporary. However, in the Paravyoma, the spiritual sky, there are many spiritual planets called Vaikuntha Loka. There are millions of these gigantic planets and unless we take shelter of one of them, we will fall down again into the material atmosphere. It is not sufficient to rise to the platform of Brahman. Brahman is Sat, being, and a partial realization of the absolute truth. We are actually after Ananda, Satchit Ananda, Chit means knowledge, and that is also partial. We must add Ananda in order to have complete realization. If we simply fly in the sky, we can't have Ananda, we have to descend to an airport at some time or another. If we simply rise to the Brahman effulgence, we do not experience Ananda. Ananda is experienced when we enter the spiritual planets where Narayana, Krishna, is present. Parastasmattu bhavunyo vyakto vyaktat sanatana Bhagavad Gita 8.20 We have to enter the eternal planets and associate with the Supreme Personality of Godhead in order to be happy. If we do not attain this position, we will return to the material world. And how can this position be attained? We simply have to try to understand Krishna. Why does he come? What is his business? What is his form? The purpose of this Krishna consciousness movement is to teach people how to understand Krishna. If one is fortunate in understanding him, One's life is successful. 
as long as we have lusty desires and greed, we cannot come to this understanding. The bhakti yoga process is the process of purification whereby we can become free from karma and lobha, lust and greed, and the influence of the lower gunas, tamaguna and rajaguna, ignorance and passion. As soon as we engage in devotional service, we immediately become freed from the influence of the gunas. Because we are not expert in approaching the Supreme Lord, we have to follow the principles of bhakti yoga enunciated by the acharyas. When a boy goes to school, he has to follow the rules and regulations, but after a while he becomes accustomed to them and does not have to be taught. In other words, he learns automatically to come to school at a certain time, take his seat and study nicely. Similarly, in this Krishna consciousness movement, we have certain rules and regulations. We must rise early in the morning for Mangala Arati, chant 16 rounds of Hare Krishna daily and execute all the functions of Bhakti Yoga. In this way, we become attached to rendering service to Krishna and we become practiced in the science. When we attain the stage, we immediately become self-realized. Jai, we have completed chapter 9 and uh, tomorrow we shall begin chapter 10. Spiritual attachment and material attachment. Thank you so much for tuning in today. The link to this book is in the description. Please check out our website shravanamdiaries.com and we shall see you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.